You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my God, my rock and my redeemer. This story is about getting healed in an unusual way. Healing can sometimes come to us in an unusual way. For example, I was at the Franklin Institute recently, and I was trying not to fall asleep in their planetarium because it's like a dark room, and they make you they, you lie down and look up, which is like a sleepy situation for me. And they were talking about space travel and technology, and then they told us that NASA had developed this lithium-ion battery for like space things because there's no plugs in space. So like you can't plug into anything. And they keep their stuff going for a long time. And then they use that same technology in pacemakers to keep parts going, which I thought was an interesting thing. Go all the way out, figure out how to do this thing, and then learn how to do something inside. It's like when Nissan and NASA now are developing a solid state battery that is not a lithium battery. And it doesn't require precious metals to work. And they're going to put it in NASA stuff, Nissan's Japanese auto manufacturer, their cars too, and then also in pacemakers. So, I mean, I could be cynical about it and say like, oh, it takes you have to, we, we do all this extra stuff before we do like the basics of taking care of our heart. But I'm interested when solutions come in unusual ways. And I think that's what's happening here in Second Kings. Sometimes healing comes from places we don't expect. So Nathan's a commander of the army of Aram. And he, Na, Naaman rather, and he works for the king and he has a lot of honor and favor because of the success he's had on the battlefield. And the writer of Kings tells us that God is in charge of the success he's had on the battlefield. Because in Hebrew theology, God is the one who makes everything happen. Even vi- victories in different warring nations. God is still responsible. But despite his success, he suffers from a skin disease. Now the video said it was leprosy. The word in Hebrew is often translated to leprosy, but this was just a skin condition that changed the pigmentation of his skin, so it made him lighter in color, you know. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about skin tone today, but um, that was the problem that he had. How does healing come? Like we said, on a raid, they took a Israelite girl, a girl from the land of Israelite, who became Naaman's wife's servant, and she said, hey, you should go to Samaria, go to where Elisha is, and he, can, and he can heal you. And so he goes to the king, and the king writes him a letter and sends him, like Brian said, with lots of gold and lots of silver and lots of garments. And the king of Israel sees Naaman and says, I'm not God, I can't heal you. Why are you telling me to do something I can't do? And he thinks that this, that it is an invitation to conflict, to war. Like you're picking a fight with me. He tries to make it seem diplomatic. This is good faith. Here's all this stuff. And it still isn't good enough. Now the interesting thing is, they didn't mention that the Hebrew girl who made the recommendation didn't mention her. If they did, Perhaps that recommendation will be more valuable than all the gold and silver. 
Tzadok and Israelites said, go and get saved by these people. And they submitted to this lowly girl and did it. Maybe that would have reassured them in a new way. So he's so upset, the king, that he tears his clothes. And word travels that he tears his clothes all the way to Elisha. And Elisha learns of this and tells the king to come to the prophet of Israel. So Naaman arrives, and when he comes, he comes with his whole entourage, his chariots and horses, the whole retinue, the whole uh, military operation. Now, he doesn't barge into Elijah's house. He waits at the door. When I was first reading this, I thought, he's, he's following the ritual purity law in Leviticus 13. But that's very unlikely, because Leviticus 13 is, is, is uh, younger than 2 Kings 5. There was, there was no law written yet about how to stay safe. But it was still known in the ancient world that quarantining was a good idea. And so they kept away from each other because they just didn't want to get each other sick, as a general rule. So the law of God is based on uh, the basic understanding of public health. And in fact, there was a king who thousands of years ago ordered a quarantine, not unlike the ones that we've experienced in the last two and a half years. So he stops at the door, and the messenger says, go wash on the Jordan and be clean. But Naaman expects something more theatrical. Why would I wash in the Jordan when I can just do it in Damascus and rivers that I think are better than this one? Why aren't you going to utter an incantation? Aren't you going to say your Lord's name and wave your hand and heal me that way? It's just taking the bath. That's it. Naaman wants a miraculous solution, and apparently one fit for royalty. And the lowly servants say to him, why don't you just do what he says? It might work. The lowly servants have, are in touch with how simple things can be miraculous in a way that he isn't. And they appeal to his ego. You'd do it if it was hard. Yeah, I would. So why don't you just do this? All right, I'll go. And he does it. You can see in the story, there's major tension between these two places. They don't trust each other. The king doesn't trust um, Naaman. Naaman doesn't trust the prophet's solutions. There's anxiety, there's difficulty, there's tension. So he listens and he goes down to the river and washes himself seven times and is healed. And he becomes, a, he, he uh, comes back with all of his military to Elisha, and then he, uh, uh, he offers them the present, the silver and gold, and then says there's no God in all the earth but the God of Israel. This act converts him to monotheism. He learns that Elisha's God is the one to be worshipped. He learns that the God that gave him favor with his master is the one who brought him healing. And he conceals at the end of the story, but he finds his healer through a girl that his army has captured, and he is healed by simply obeying that man of God, the prophet of Israel, Elisha. Healing in our own life comes in a variety of ways, often unusual ways. And you may have had times in your life where healing came to you in a weird way. Maybe you didn't know that talking to somebody for 45 minutes a week about your problems would bring about healing. Maybe you didn't think that would even be possible. Maybe you're still skeptical about such an idea that you feel anxious or depressed or alone or isolated, and all I have to do is talk to somebody for 45 minutes a week, and then I'll feel better. Maybe you didn't know that the reason you feel so tired is because you don't drink enough water. 
or you didn't sleep enough, and that's why you're feeling anxious today. Maybe you didn't know that using your body helps you feel better. Maybe you didn't know that a stressful environment at work can increase your blood pressure. Unusual things, things that we don't think of and understand. So maybe you've experienced healing in an unusual way, but I want to pause there and I don't want to go right away to where you were healed. I want to stop because some of us now haven't felt healed yet and we're frustrated. We're like Naaman. We're mad. This isn't working. You're giving me solutions that, are, that don't make sense to me. And you're frustrated. You're angry. Or you might feel like the king and you want to tear your clothes apart because the request to bring healing doesn't make, doesn't, I can't do it. It's not going to work. So speaking as one of your pastors, as a brown and queer person in a church that's working on being anti-racist and LGBT inclusive, I can honor the good work we're doing here and all over our church. But the conditions of racism and homophobia feel like a lifelong condition, like Naaman has. It's just hard to imagine life without them. We have just adapted to them. We live with them. This is how it is. This is how stuff is. You know? And some of us have disabilities and we can't imagine a world that would accommodate us. So we just figure out how to make it work. You figure out how to live with your skin condition. How to live with, you know, literally my skin condition. Or your sexuality or your disability or whatever it is. And then, you you, you heard a call from God how to help make the church a more hospitable place, which is really what we're asking. So our, our people can feel like they can be themselves, stretch out, take up the space they need, be who they are. And I honor us for our progress, but I'm saddened and hurt by our setbacks. And because I believe in the same God that uh, Elisha is prophesying in the name of, that Naaman submits to, I hope I can see a future too. I don't know how it's going to work yet. Because repenting of these sins takes a long time. Maybe we need to wash ourselves seven times. Maybe it feels so redundant. Maybe we have to do it again and again and again to unlearn the condition. But I think it's possible. And there are moments where I'm frustrated that we can't seem to heal like Naaman. I don't think this is going to work. This doesn't make any sense. This idea doesn't work. Or where I feel like I can't do the healing, I can't do the work. I simply have to place faith in God, that God might be doing a new thing among us. And look for unusual solutions because the conditions we face need a miraculous healing. Maybe we need to keep listening to our prophets, even when what they say doesn't seem to make sense to us or makes us frustrated, or makes us uncomfortable. Maybe their unusual advice, in their unusual advice, we might find a solution that we're looking for. Let's pray, and then we'll do some talk back, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for your presence, and your faithfulness, and your deliverance, and your healing, and moments where we feel isolated and stuck, where we can't seem to get out. Comfort us in our affliction. May we find it in unusual ways. May we keep doing what we need to do, even if it feels redundant and doesn't make sense. May we have prophecy in our life and shed wisdom to us to help us change.
Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.